0: Hi everyone, welcome to STEPS Audio Channel. We are very excited to share our content from STEPS events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content.
1: I'm Shubham, I'll be moderating the panel discussion today. Uh, I'm the uh, founder of Strategy Connect, and I work extensively with startups, uh, SMEs, and government entities here uh, to help them onboard short term talent on demand. Now, today, the discussion will revolve around talent management, talent acquisition, and we have a very eclectic panel. They will share their experience around that. I'd like to welcome uh, first uh, from Nomad, he's the GM of Nomad, Timur. Uh, Timur, please come on stage. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Shama. Thanks. Uh, Adil, Adil is the VP of engineering at uh, Talabat from the food sector. So, th- so when I said the eclectic panel, like we're representing all facets of the startup ecosystem. Temur it. is uh, from the prop tech space. Adil, VP of engineering at Talabat, mm-hmm. is, uh, is uh, from the food tech space. Christian, please. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Christian is an investor, entrepreneur, ex Rocket Internet, ex Kareemer. He is the CEO of Duck Life and uh, so Nobueno, good, representing uh, digital uh, marketing, media branding, as well as uh, talent Thank acquisition. You. Thank you. And then last but not the least, uh, we have Natalie. Natalie, welcome <laughs> on stage. Natalie is the partner at True Search, a leading executive search firm here. So let's, uh, let's get started with the discussion. Let's do no Fair enough. Uh, so I think first question I have for you is Timur, uh, is uh, you've, you've been, you know, at Uber uh, when you came to the region, uh, Uber Eats, and then you've uh, moved on to Nomad, both very high growth startups. In your view, what do you think, how has the talent market shaped up or how has it changed?
2: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a great question. Um, so I think overall the way that I would like to approach this is first starting at a macro level. So, um... You know, the expectations of employees from what they want from a job and from companies has evolved. Um, You know, employees want flexibility nowadays. They want to be able to work from home. They want to be able to come into the office when they need to. Mm -hmm. Um, Also companies, they have become more digital. This of course has been accelerated because of COVID the past two years. Uh, and what that means for workforces is employees now, or employers rather, now are using tools that are more collaborative, right. that allow you know, their workforce to be more distributed. Um, so think tools like Zoom, Slack, Notion. All of these tools are helping uh, you know, employers be able to hire remotely uh, and across the globe. So overall, I think for the past two years, the talent pool has expanded. Um, and I would say, of course, it's more competitive. It's heated up. Um, and then if we zoom into the tech industry, and, and prop tech in particular, and of course at Nomad Homes, so just to give you, um, you know, a quick stat, our team has grown 5X in the past three months, so we've been hiring rapidly, um, and, w- and we're hiring across three different markets. So we're hiring locally here in Dubai, Uh, as well as in Paris and Lisbon, so across Europe. And what we're seeing is um, there's a lot of interest from tech folks that are in different industries, and they're they're less risk-averse to actually join an industry that, let's say, is more traditional uh, and non-tech because of these tools. Um, So they're more comfortable actually jumping ship to a totally different industry that hasn't necessarily been disrupted, So I'd Um, like to
1: hold your thought there. I mean, that's very interesting points that you're bringing up. And we've seen this all around, right? I mean, people are working from home. They're working on Zoom. And a lot of them have started complaining that work has become more intense than it was back when they used to come to the office and they had their tea, coffee breaks, whatever. Now they're just all on their laptops all the time. And that brings me to the next question, and that's for you, Natalie. Is around greater work-life balance, greater compensation because you are in the, in, 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 in the search uh, part of the, uh, uh, the, the industry. So what are you seeing in terms of the change and that too around pandemic? Are people trying to look for more compensation or are they switching towards more uh, work-life balance? What has their uh, approach been now?
0: Yeah, um, it's both. But, in, but for different reasons. As you said, the work-life balance is key. There's been a huge amount of burnout over the last two years with people working from home, losing that connectivity, various changes within companies, either you know having to cut staff or cut salaries, lots and lots of external pressures and internal pressures within the company. So the flexibility is key. I'm not sure that I know of any candidates that are looking for a five-day-a-week full-time office role. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tends to be the the biggest thing that candidates are looking for right now. But because of the war on talent, the things that we're talking about, the lack of availability of um, talent in the market, salaries have risen. It is very much a seller's market. The candidates Hmm. are holding all the power right now. And it's not necessarily just a regional thing. We're seeing this. And I don't think it's greediness. So when you say, what are people looking for, salary? It's not that they're leaving for you know, extra compensation. It's just the way things are right now, and I think it's very hard for a lot of our clients and a lot of our you know, businesses that we work with to kind of swallow that, but it's you'll probably experience it, all of you, as well. But that's just the way it is right now.
1: Fair enough. Adil, I wanted to bring you in at this point as well. Uh, you've been at Visita for the longest duration of your time. Like, you were a CTO there, and then you moved to Talabad. You've seen the growth journey of a startup to a very high-growth, high-functioning startup what are your thoughts on the same point like do you think now people are more uh, because they're working remotely they are more interested in work life balance have you seen that kind of a change how are you as a senior leader kind of managing that uh, within your engineering team especially the tech talent
3: well it's uh, again like it's a new component that people have been wanting for years i yeah. think the pandemic accelerated this a bit yeah. but again it's a, it's a function of uh, people want to have more control over their lives and, and, and this, again, leads to like their job satisfaction and morale and all of these things, so that hasn't changed, it just become more and more available, especially as uh, again, like we talked about the tools and, and, and how the technology makes that available now, more than ever, but also like even before that it, it, it wasn't not available. It was just the confidence of employer that they can actually uh, have like productive teams that work remotely and they can take charge of their day and all of these things. So it's always been there. I think the the it's now becomes because like the pandemic put us in situation where this is something that we have to go through and and again, it wasn't easy, like a lot of people learned a lot of things along the way. we've been and I, and I remember that we have to change our ways of working. It's not like you' are moving from whatever you're doing at the office and you'll just put that in Zoom or like Myra or things like that. You have to like rethink how you work, how to be more again inclusive, how to build a relationship in a different way now and all of these things.
1: Right? Christian, your thoughts here. Um, you, you've been in many positions as well, right? I mean, you've yeah. been at uh, Kareem. It was also a startup. You kind of took it to the next level, been at Noon. You've always probably hired a lot of senior management folks yeah. uh, in these. Uh, and now you're an entrepreneur yourself, so for your firm as well. So has it become more difficult to get them to hire them and then to have a team which is very remote or kind of a mixed mode.
4: How has your experience been in trying to like? So, I mean, there's a lot in that question. I'll I'll try to unpack it. Um, So, generally speaking, in an early stage startup, finding your strong, robust executive leaders uh, is very different than finding your leadership in a more established brand. So, I'll speak to the earlier kind of companies. Um, when I take the Middle East in general, um, I think the talent pool in that group has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's predominantly based on experience. So back then, you know, six, seven, eight years ago when we were building those organizations, mm-hmm. those teams, we were finding super generalist, somewhat experienced people. Right. Um, and we were making big bets on character rather than experience or technical skill. Exactly. today however I mean fast forward ten years, uh, leadership in more established startups today uh, tend to have a bit more specialization, a bit more experience they've made all the mistakes in the book already, and the talent pool from an executive perspective in the Middle East is a lot more mature in my experience. Uh, I will say however, that we have a huge deficit in supply we don't have talents I mean it 's still a real real problem we have we have you know, endless funding, as we can see, we have endless problems to solve, but finding experienced, qualified, motivated—I uh, would say—executive leadership is still a gap. Um, and not to say that it hasn't grown, but the rate of growth hasn't kind of followed the—I I would say—the whole development of the ecosystem. So, I would say today, finding talent, in my opinion, uh, is even more difficult than it was back then because our needs were much simpler. Mm. Today, the problems that we're solving are a bit more complex, you know? Um, And so the approaches to how we build our organizations are much more developed today. So I don't feel that we've had the same rate of acceleration uh, from a talent perspective. And the last thing I'd say to that is that um, due to the lack of supply, the cost and your ability to attract talent Uh, is also much, much more difficult. Uh, The competition, uh, the amount of brands out there, the amount of amazing problems that people are solving, uh, your ability to attract talent, retain talent, develop talent in general is, in my opinion, gotten a bit more difficult.
0: So can I just add to that as well um, on Chris's point about kind of the caliber of talent that you're looking for now? As you said, you know, a few years ago, or quite a few years ago, it, it was different, it was a more generalist. Companies now are specifically looking for people that have gone through a particular growth phase, that have achieved a greater level of scale. And obviously, you know, our industry is fairly nascent here, so it means that you tend to be looking for people that are outside of the region, that have worked in a more mature industry, a more mature business and can bring that experience. You know, we don't have as many kind of IPOs on a regular basis right. in the tech ecosystem here. So that's you know, one big challenge. Um, you know, having worked in kind of recruitment for 13 years, it's always been the same thing, trying to get people to come to the region. So where other big cities will have a very, you know, liquid talent pool readily available to, to move within a region, we're constantly having to attract people here. So it really, really limits. I would say we have about 10% of what someone in London or New York as, you know, a, a founder would be looking at. To that point.
4: But also to that point, and sorry, I know we need to, to move on. I think our ability to attract talent uh, has kind of increased. I think you know, the region as a whole is really now on the map. Convincing people to come to Dubai or to Saudi Arabia, et cetera, I think are, is much easier than it used to be. So I think that talent pool kind of has expanded a bit.
2: Yeah, sure, sure, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I just wanna make one point, and I know we're trying to get through this, um, but Christian, to your point on the rate of growth of talent not matching uh, the rate of growth of companies that need tech talent, I think for folks that are looking to join tech companies, it's also important uh, that people look to upskill. So this is something that's like Absolutely. a big trend, yeah. um, you know, to help match that rate of growth. So it's not just based on experience and very limiting for companies. Absolutely. Um, I used to work at General Assembly, and that, that company... Specialized in upskilling, so offering courses like data analytics, data science. So these these type of skills are definitely what tech companies are looking for across industries. So I think that's also important to call out.
4: But but sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm not debating you. I just want to add to that because yeah. I think that's such a big point that we don't discuss enough in the region. Um, talent in the region is is kind of seen as a stopgap rather than a resource that you can invest in and develop, mm-hmm. and so for brands in the region to be successful, they have to make bets on their people. And, and give them those tools and those resources and allow the talent to follow the growth of the organization, which typically we don't see. Um, and especially in the startup ecosystem that we are a part of, you know, rapid growth of an organization is all that we're after. And there's two ways to do it from a people perspective. There's have all the resources available to find and attract talent, but also have the resources and dedication to your own people to have the people grow with your organization. And we don't tend to do that generally in the region, and, and I just I really want to emphasize that because we don't do that over here. We do A to B with a team and B to C with a different team. And that's not necessarily like it's not sustainable from a region perspective, nor an organization perspective. While so yeah, on the
3: chaos here, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm just not necessarily agree that that we can like again like I don't necessarily agree that we can generalize that saying all the talent in the region are like mostly a top and, and we have to like import those like this is a this is something when I look at the tech space and I've been here for a while and look at amazing leadership from within the region and from a lot of countries around UAE and Saudi and Egypt and Jordan, all of these. And, and again, they have been here for a number of years. People who work at Kareem move to like delivery here on Talabad, and then people who work at Noon and move to other startup, things like that. So there is tons of, tons of talent that, and, and expertise and, and senior leadership that move and, and move their experience from team to team. So I would say that certainly there is some of that. But I I do see, like, a lot of evidence otherwise as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, our point is not that that's not present. Our point is that the rate of the growth of that pool versus the needs of the market are very different. That's that's the point I was trying to make. I don't discount the value of the local development of talent. I think we have the talent, but that talent pool isn't growing fast enough to meet the demand Um, of organizations.
1: Christian, I think I I can agree with everyone because everyone is coming with a different experience set, right? If you're in a... Early stage startup, you need to attract talent. If you're in a growth stage or a mature stage start- startup, you need to retain talent,
2: Absolutely. right?
1: And it's not. I wouldn't say it's a region-specific issue because we hear about India as well. We hear about other developing geographies as well, where people are jumping shop, like you retain, you attract them, and then they, immediately they find a new job. So that's why I want to under. I want you guys to kind of deliberate upon what are the talent or the changes in the process of hiring talent that you guys are experiencing within your organizations or implementing within your organizations uh, that helps you attract them and retain them for a longer duration?
3: Uh, would anyone want to speak uh, about so. that? Yeah, okay. so, oh, you, okay, so there's a lot of Again, it depends on, on it varies by industry, right? But but there is a lot of friction already there. Like you see from just tactical, really hiring process, people apply for jobs and employer advertising for ones and all of these things. You'll hear complaints from both parties, right? Like a lot of candidates are looking for jobs Mm -hmm. and can't find one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of employers are complaining that they can't hire fast enough. And, and I'm one of those, obviously. <laughs> but the, the the way I see it is that there is a lot of friction across itself. So you would see there is tons of job posts that more like a phantom job post, right? And and there is tons of them without really a role behind that job. Uh, people are applying on things also that that not necessarily match their profile. So this is this comes out to to form few few issues, right? More than like 80% of companies right now are are doing and, 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 and these guys can also speak to that as well that that move more and more uh, uh, toward passive candidates right mm-hmm. and the way they see it is that they are targeting specific profile there is a lot of noise on active candidate and and so they try to contact people directly and try to to get those people the one thing that I would say also on this point is that we employers should reconsider that as well like from candidate perspective they should only apply to profi- like jobs that match their profile they feel strongly about, but also from employer's perspective, they should reconsider the best first approach on on, on, I, on these scandals right I hear you and I want to
1: get natalie's uh, uh, points on that because obviously there is a lot of noise in this whole you know job matching process, and I know both Christian and you are in this space, how is technology helping you guys sift through that noise? Trying to get That's that match. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you hear me? No,
4: hello. Yeah, hello? Yeah, okay. It's better. Uh, well, so I'll give my perspective based on the solution that we just launched. Um, I think it crystallizes exactly what we believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So I've recently gotten into the talent space. So my experience stems from, I think, building organization, building teams directly, and not necessarily from recruitment as a, as a discipline. Um, but one thing that I find technology needs to start doing is understanding really how we can change the process mm-hmm. and just and stop optimizing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, <clears throat> we live in a world where you know, there's not enough talent and there's a lot of demand, and so it's a very competitive market. And, you know, given the last couple of years of COVID, given the change in economies, given everything, it's a very, very kind of, I would say, particular time. And what we've noticed when we did the research of building the solution of No Bueno, which is is our new startup, um, we realized that when we dissected the journey of finding talent or finding opportunities on both sides, that the process really hasn't changed in a couple hundred years, and there's been optimizations and improvements, but fundamentally everything is as it was a hundred years ago. Right. And what I mean by that is, when you're looking for talent today, you're going to have to create a job description. That process today um, hasn't really evolved enough and isn't a true representation of the organization or opportunity. So what do I mean by that? When we did our research and we spoke to a bunch of recruiters and we figured out what we were going to do, in reality, and I don't want to speak for recruiters out there generally, or you, (laughs) um, but generally it's it's a copy-paste job. We'll take an old job description of a role that was similar or we'll find something online that sort of fits and we'll tweak it just enough not to feel guilty, right? And then same thing on the CV side. I'm looking for a job, you know, I'm going to write my CV, and I'm gonna over-embellish just a little bit. If I was in a company for 10 months, I, I'm not gonna put 10 months, I'm gonna put one year. I wanna look like I'm a more stable candidate. If I you know, manage five people, I'm gonna put 10. If I was a salesman and I did $800,000 in revenue, I'll put a million and a half. And why am I gonna do that? It's a sort of white lie just to get me in front of the recruiter so I get a chance to sell myself. So when we were building this solution and we were thinking about the technology to build this, we realized we don't just need to optimize these broken processes, we need to fundamentally change how these things happen. And so technology today, in, in our opinion, based on the solution that we've built, should measure and capture your technical skills, your soft skills, your personality, and your values, mm-hmm. and then find a way on both sides to match those against each other in the most objective way possible. Um, And I think that's the role of technology. When we think about how technology disrupted any industry, they didn't follow the processes that were there or the solutions that were there. They completely changed how you do that. And I think that's what technology has still to do in this space. I completely agree. I mean, of course
1: this has not changed. I mean, even when we are currently serving our clients, they are very much used to the kind of templates of bios, CVs, etc. Uh, that they have to go through and <clears throat> sift through, and they make their own prejudged or biased decisions on who the best candidate would be, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and that's the truth of this. But what you're talking about is a lot of change that needs to be driven into that, and Absolutely. probably you guys are pr- pioneering that effort. Uh, Taimur, uh, what have you guys, or what have you experienced in your current organization or your previous organization? Has this process Changed or this change requires a lot of push internally within the organization to find the right candidate uh, for the particular role, or is it still very touch, high touch, high feel uh, model that you guys uh, yeah. follow?
2: It's an interesting question, and I think the process hasn't evolved as much as it needs to. So, I also definitely find it interesting, Christian, what, how you're approaching it and the journey. And I would imagine one of the hardest pieces then is how do you educate employers to actually be on board with this new type of assessment uh, of candidates. So for us, what we focus on in Nomad Homes is we've focused internally, because of course that's what we can control, Mm -hmm. um, as one of our main areas of focus. So how we assess candidates, how we communicate that with them. Ultimately, they are a form of customers for your business. Uh, So you need to be thoughtful with your engagement, Um, you know, how you attract them, where you find them. And I think that's really what we've been doing a bit differently. And then I think externally, focusing on those channels and how you actually, uh, you know, find the the talent pools that you're trying to go after. So that's what we're, that's our approach.
0: Yeah, if I can expand on that, Um, to Christian's point, obviously using technology as a way of assessing, we're talking about, you've recognized a need, you're looking for a particular hire where you were referring to attraction and that's the key thing I think that's that's lacking massively in many businesses. The fact that your attraction is happening before you have a need for a specific hire. Your employer branding is key. There is not enough focus on this in any company. And the smaller you are and the less funding you have the more important this is. You need to have people banging at your door wanting to work for you. So that attraction happens before onboarding, before even interviewing. And that comes from predominantly your employees, your existing employees. They are your best advertisement and they are they're not free, of course, because they're biggest, cost, biggest asset, but their voice really matters. You want these people in the market, and our tech ecosystem globally is really, really small. You'd be surprised at how far-reaching people's networks are. So if they're having a great experience, you know, I love my company, I'm thrilled with the products we're working on, I get a chance to develop, to your points about, you know, development of people within a role, I get a chance to do this, um, that going out into the market, lets people know that, hey, do you know what, I'd love to work here too. So that branding is super important. On the flip side of that, the negative branding that comes out is quite extreme. Glassdoor is picking up pace here. You want to be always checking your own company's Glassdoor reviews and taking action as well. You know, listen to your employees first and foremost, talk to them as well, but listen to them, pay attention to data points like that, attrition rates, all of these things go out into the market. You know, I talk to people over in Europe, and they know about some companies' turnover here, you know, and these aren't multinational companies. Word spreads quickly. So make sure to utilize that incredible tool you have, which is your existing workforce, so that it's much, much easier to attract the talent as and when you need it. And hopefully, you're building up your own community and potential future talent pool by engaging in people that might be stars of the future within your teams.
1: Well said. And I think that kind of brings me to another point as well. Once your internal company culture is not there, it also contributes to resignations. And I don't know if it's just pandemic or part of company culture. What are your thoughts on the great resignation debate that's going on? Like because yeah, I mean, of the it's happening. Of, it's yeah.
0: definitely happening. It's a global situation. Um, a lot of this was you know, has arrived from the pandemic. So the first year, 18 months of COVID, people were very much sitting tight. They have security at least, I have a job, you know, I don't want to be a last in first out scenario. I'm going to stay here. Even though, as I referred to earlier, maybe salary cuts, people have, you know, had to exit the business. So you're maybe doing more than your, your original job. So right. very under pressure. Now people are burnt out this is happening Um, I don't know how much there is you can do right now if you haven't been looking and focusing on your company culture over the last two years Mm -hmm. you're probably closing the barn door after the horse has bolted kind of thing you know it is something that you need to look at immediately because it's not going to go away people are very active in the market we're looking at you know A players at companies in the region here that are actively looking which surprises us obviously it's all very confidential but um, you know we're aware of this happening and it's because either burnout or they don't appreciate what you know how the company maybe behaved during COVID. Or a general idea that there are just so many other opportunities out there for us. Um, maybe the CEO founder is trying to force you to come back into work five days a week. Yeah. So, you know, you're just looking at other options. So, it, it's very much happening. So, be prepared for it to happen within your team. Look at succession planning. Look at building community for future talents, um, but also really do nail down your culture and try and make sure that in future you are retaining your, um, you know, skilled workforce.
3: Fair enough. And Adel, I think yeah. one um, one important thing, like I, I totally agree. Like, it's one thing that a lot of companies quote of God, and we, and I think like. Everyone and, and we were fortunate to do this early on is to look at it as an opportunity, right? And started to thinking even early in the pandemic that that this maybe this is will continue for years, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe even after the pandemic people will find this more flexibility, more productivity, maybe even, right? So, so you have to like think about, think about it as an opportunity, see what you can offer that other companies can. You can offer like perks working from home or remote or whatever people now more than ever can can do their job uh, uh, from anywhere in the world they can they can have like some sort of flexibility uh, you can accommodate like I don't know like a lot of people with special needs or mothers or things like that that wasn't really the case before and and this is for a reason right like we blame a lot of companies that why we didn't have this flexibility before but but again it's something that it has to be like everyone in the company are going through this to be able to pull it off, right? So I completely agree. Uh, I think that you should look at it as opportunity. And and I think even we at, at Talabat maybe, we have better retention rates during the pandemic and afterwards because we have thought about the, what we call future of work early on, and we provided these uh, things. We thought about it as we thought about our product as a user journey, right? Like at every stage and step from the, basically from the, uh, first, contact with the candidate, then onboarding, then having them on the team, and all of these things as similar to uh, how we th- think about user journalism. At every stage of this process, what are their needs, what are their motivation? what kind of things that will, uh, will make them be able to do their job, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the opportunity is still there, right? There is, yes, there is a lot of competition. It happens because the market suddenly uh, expanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we can overcome it if we took the right steps.
1: Fair enough. I think we are at the end of our time here. Thank you so much for such an invigorating discussion. We touched on, upon a lot of topics, uh, technology, processes, talent retention. I hope you guys uh, uh, got a lot out of it. And thank you again, panelists. Uh, it was wonderful having all of you here. Thank you, guys. Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.